there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one freeing page of Talmud every day, because in today's page, Kiddushin 17, we continue with a blessed, blessed conversation about emancipation of slaves in this context. Have a listen. The sages taught. With regard to the verse, and you shall grant severance to him out of your flock and out of your threshing floor and out of your winepress of that with which the Lord your God has blessed you. Deuteronomy 15, 14. One might have thought that if the house is blessed due to him, then the master grants him a severance gift. And if the house is not blessed due to him, he does not grant him a severance gift. Therefore, the verse states, you shall grant severance, ha'anik ta'anik, with a doubled form of the verb used for emphasis to indicate that you must grant him a severance gift in any case. What a wonderful thing to say. Not only is the severance, is the freedom, is the emancipation, is a gift of financial security and dignity due to someone who really brought value to his master's house, but it's due to anyone, to any person, because the rabbis teach us today, every person, anyone, everyone, all of us deserve to be emancipated. Now, we're Jews, so obviously we take everything with a grain of salt. And so it gives me great pleasure to talk about emancipation and its challenges with Tulane University's Professor Brian Horwitz, who is the editor of a fascinating and kind of eerily relevant new book. Professor Horwitz, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me. So here we are talking about slaves freed, and the rabbis are telling us everyone has a value, everyone deserves to be free. And you just wrote a book about probably one of the least known yet in his time most celebrated Jewish Russian writers, Lev Levanda, tell us a little bit about him. Yeah, Lev Levanda is perfect for this context because he was a writer who breathed Haskalah, emancipation, education, enlightenment. And he wanted to see the Jews of Russia enlightened. And he believed, like so many of his fellow enlighteners, that the path was to acquiesce to Russian rule and to actually forge a relationship with the Russian empire, and maybe, if possible, with the Tsar's government, and even have homage to the Tsar himself, the least emancipator, although he did, Alexander II, in fact, emancipated the serfs in 1861, which is a couple of years before the United States managed to do the same. But Levanda was born in Vilna, and like so many, he was supposed to move out of Vilna, but he couldn't. He couldn't leave the Jewish spirit, that atmosphere of Vilna, and he remained in that city his whole life. He went to the um, government academy, government seminary, which was not really a seminary for rabbis, but he got a, a sort of Western education there, and then he began writing the plays and novels, mostly novels and stories, for which he became famous as a Russifier, that is, someone who used Russian and spoke about the experience of Jews in Russia, maybe with another writer, Osip Rabinovich, in Odessa, really the earliest examples of people describing what it's like to be a Jew in Russia for a Russian speaker. I, I, I want to interrupt for a second and, and, and basically just contextualize here. So in other words, here's a person, uh, an intellectual, a great talent, who's basically devoting his life to saying, guys, if you want to be free, if you want to be emancipated, the way to do so is forget this Jewish stuff, be Russian. 
Correct. Except don't forget the Jewish stuff, but put it in its place. A little bit like, like Gordon, a man on the street, a Jew at home, right? This this adage was pretty much in their, all the forefront of their minds, that um, there was some way to synthesize the two. Being Jewish, but not extreme, maybe following some of the traditions, but probably um, excising most of them and adopting, as you said, strong Russian way of life, you know, which meant um, really for them, um, I know it's going to sound silly, but which meant coffee in the morning with the croissant, uh, the newspaper, uh, stock market news, then maybe discussions with friends and um, and the, writing the novels. And then in the evening, I guess it was probably music concerts and, and things to do or sit at home and read French novels and so on. So yes, it was very much an attempt to have a Western, West European style of life. And yet, as he sets so much store in this idea that he may be emancipated, that he may be free, that he may become part of the great Russian empire, towards the end of his life, things didn't quite turn out as he imagined, right? That's, that's correct. Like so many of these people who came of age just before the emancipation of the serfs and believed that this was going to, the next step was the emancipation of the Jews. And it happened in part to a few groups. His life was turned upside down by the pogroms of 1881-82. All of his life's work seemed futile and silly in light of the fact that here, for no reason at all, one member of the Russian empire were being beaten um, and scapegoated only for no reason at all. And there was no way that this group was ever going to be integrated into the fabric. So, and he began to write articles under different pseudonyms that were sort of mocked Russian culture, mocked all of the beliefs that he held dear. And then later in his life, he actually went insane and uh, he, he ended up in a mental asylum a terrible yet oddly uh, fitting kind of, I think, metaphor for for the duality that he kind of struggled with his entire life. Now, before I let you go, tell us a little bit about the book you had just edited, just released, an amateur performance. Oh, it's a it's a wonderful story. It's a translation of one of these novellas that Lavanda wrote. Actually, this is interesting that in 1882 he published this one, and it's, it was serialized in a Jewish newspaper, and it tells, because the present was so dark and unpleasant, he tells of his early part of his life when he was a student in the seminary in Vilna, and in which um, the protagonist, who is a stand-in for the himself, the author, is asked to write a play, and this play is put on by the students, and then the government officials find out, and they punish everyone. They remove all the really good teachers, and replace them with these not teachers at all, just, uh, what would you call them? I don't know, just just uh, passers-by and people with other from other professions, failed, failed people from other professions. And so in, in a sense, the book moves in two directions, maybe unintentionally. On the one hand, it's a story of coming of age and wanting to become a writer like James Joyce's portrait of the, the artist as a young man. And he, he manages to do that. But at the same time, already the Tsarist government is falling apart and its treatment of Jews is so ineffectual and discredited and without purpose. And so in a way, his life has been beautiful, maybe as a personal story, but on the whole has not achieved even any of the goals for which he devoted himself. And if I could just say one more word. So 
Udalib Gordon and other people want to have a party to recognize his 25th anniversary of his literary career. And he says, absolutely not. For what reason would we celebrate? Um, and it would just be bringing a cir- the circus of the of the crowd to to my home. I don't need this at mm. all. And it, it, it'd only be humiliating, he says. What a character. What a great book. And what <laughs> a necessary reminder that emancipation is often really the beginning rather than the end of the line. Professor Brian Horwitz, thank you so much for being our guest. You're welcome. Thank you. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope that you do, please go and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts and get your Take One t-shirts and mugs at tabletstudios.com. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Daf Yomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay, Quinn Waller, and Ellie Blyer. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Robert Scaramucci, Courtney Hazlett, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one. Subscribe to our newsletter at tabletm.ag slash take one newsletter or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You can find us on Twitter at takeone.fiomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic.